Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 88 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here in Koh Phangan, Thailand with Travel Dave from traveldave.co.uk. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Johnny? Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, really happy to have you here. Uh, you want to first kind of introduce like who you are? Actually, you know what? How did we meet first? Let's go through that. So I was listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast when I was on a train on the way to Prague and I was listening about this internship. Jumped off the train, had to apply straight away. It was just like music to my ears when I heard about this amazing opportunity. Nice. Now, yeah, now here we are on the beach <laughs> in a bungalow looking out to the sea. Yeah, so we are at the Berry Beach Bungalows, or Berry Beach Resort, and we are in Bungalow 01B. This is number one. This is, number one. This is like the presidential suite. They're, they hooked you up. Yeah, it's the <laughs> one right, literally on the beach. Uh, I'll have a photo of this in the show notes if you guys want to see it. Uh, so right behind us is a pool with uh, people in bikinis laying around, floating in the water, traveling. Uh, I mean, not traveling, just, I guess, chilling. <laughs> and then to my left is the ocean. Uh, and this, I mean, pretty sweet place. It's really nice, it, right. especially with the sunsets you get here. Like, you just can't beat a Kopangyang sunset. Yeah, so this is Sunset Beach, which is the opposite beach from where the full moon party is, uh, which is Sunrise Beach. And it's nice because it's still only like maybe a maybe ten minute walk from the main the main party beach. Uh, but what's nice, it's it's just down the road, uh, maybe like a ten minute drive from Co Space, which is the co working space. So yeah, it's just just over the hill. So you kind of like you're not too secluded, but you're just away from the crazy party action. So you can be a part of it if you want to. So it's nice to party when the when the party comes into town. But it's yeah, just ten minutes away, and you're there onto the Hadron Beach. Cool. So this is the resort that you are, I guess, doing the social media for now, or yeah. So I'm just managing their TripAdvisor, giving them lots of tips uh, how to improve their TripAdvisor, the Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Okay. And uh, how's the internship working out so far? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's nice to kind of come to a tropical island. You know, can't complain about that. And then just offer your skills um, to a local business that kind of needs a little bit of help. And uh, I think when they're running a resort full time, they don't normally see some specific things. So when you come in with new eyes, it's it's good to offer some value. I think that from the resort's point of view, this is a no-brainer. You know, to have someone, a Western you know person who who is basically their target uh, audience number one but also you know understands uh how people use review sites like TripAdvisor, how people use social media then have you actually live at the resort for a few months and go through and basically you know uh manage your reputation uh find ways to promote the the resorts more uh get them more business uh make the guests happier i mean you know really kind of just i mean you're like the the uh the prophet i guess <laughs> which is my one of my favorite tv shows yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you, you kind of like, they, yeah, this is like paradise, but there's just so many of these uh, hotels that are very similar. And just to come in and offer your, your two cents uh, really helps improve their, their, their rankings and just to get the word out there about these places. So it's, it's great. But I could definitely see a lot of hotel owners being like, no, I don't want, you know, I don't want to waste my time. Or who's this random uh, white guy telling me like what how to run a resort? So I think... Some of the resorts are going to do exceptionally well with this concept, and some are just never going to take to it. This is their business, and you know they're giving up a room in their business, and that's mm -hmm. that's a big push. But when you compare it to like the social media agencies that like get paid for this full time, it's like a no-brainer. And if you can explain that, and they're really on board with the idea, and it's normally those businesses that are on board with it that really want it and they understand it, and it's a great relationship when it's like that. Yeah, so it's worked out perfectly. I've, I've worked out a co-space as well, uh, which is a very cool co-working space. It actually looks better in person than it did in all the photos. Uh, and I think it's because of the layout of it, where you can only see one room at a time. You don't actually see how big the place is. You don't only see the scope of it. And uh, so if you actually, if you want to see it, uh, I just recorded a video, like a video tour of the place. So you can see it on johnnyfd.com or in the show notes of episode 88. But it's it's dope. Like it's... It's on the road, uh, so you're kind of like closer to the main city town, but not too far from the beach town. Uh, but right behind the co-working space is pretty much a private beach. 
Like, I've never seen anyone out there. Uh, in the mornings, I'll, I'll walk out there and there's like all these friendly dogs just hanging out. Um, this afternoon when I took a break, I went over and I just laid in the hammock at the bar next door. Oh, yeah, that little spot, yeah. Yeah, and they got a slack line. So, I mean, it, it's like a really like legit place just to chill. There's even a kayak. You can just take the kayak out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how often have you actually been taking advantage of of the island life and these things or have you just been sitting in and working if if i was sitting by this pool i'd never get any work done so it's great having a co-space there so you can mix the two you know you can go to the co-space do some really hard work days and then you can enjoy the island life on your days off and your time out so it's, it's great to have that great mixture of the two so i've actually been here for three nights now and i actually haven't even stepped in the pool yet even though it's right behind me which is ridiculous but i I know I'm here for 10 days and my last couple of days are going to be, it's going to be the full moon. Uh, and it's going to be, not only is it a full moon party, but it's also a weekend. So I figured, you know, I was like, you know what, let me just get, get some actual work done the first couple of days. Uh, and during the weekend, I'll, I'm just going to chill. I'm not going to go into the office um, starting, I think tomorrow I'm going to do a half day. I'm going to go in the, in, for a little bit in the morning. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, not not doing anything. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have that off time ready at the end of the month because yeah. I, I noticed in Chiang Mai I was I was too focused on working, working, working. But when you know the full moons around the party, you just turn everything off and you prepare for those five days just to let your hair down. I like it. Have, have you ever been to a full moon party yet? I've been to a couple, yeah. and they're yeah, they're they're very interesting. You have to just embrace it. Just jump in, put on the neon paint, get a nice yeah. tank top, and just grab some shanks. So my advice to everyone is is don't come just for the full moon. You have to come a few days early, minimum of two or three days early because the parties that lead up to it, even the ones on the same beach and the same, you know, the same DJ, same bars are a hundred times better than the night itself. Yeah, the, the full moon day itself, people coming over from Samui on a boat and then they're leaving in the morning. But if you come a few days before, you have lots of space to dance. <laughs> I know yeah. that sounds silly, but you can move and it's, a, it's the same experience, but it's more spacious. It's more yeah. enjoyable. But I also think the people are cooler. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think that the people that have the mindset where they're either they're gonna stay on Koh Samoy and just come for the party, they have this like, I, th I think it's a mixture of different mindsets, but I'm gonna give you a couple examples, all right? One is a person who's too cheap to stay on this island and they're like, oh, I can get a, I can save $10 or $20, stay on Koh Samoy and then just take the boat over. That person kind of has like a scarcity mindset thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna use the party and then leave. I'm not gonna go and, and hang on the island um, you know, see the rest of it. I'm just going to go, you know, basically just get it in, get out, you know? The other person is the one that wants the luxury resorts on Koh Samoy, you know, and they, they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to come here to take some Instagram photos and say I've been here. <laughs> and then... Well, I guess then there's the people who, for whatever reason, you know, they come for just that night, but they're scared because they're like, they get, they show up, they get thrown into this madness. They don't have a hotel room, so they have to stay up until 7am. And I think they're like very uh, guarded, you know, they're not really like here to be friendly and like meet new people. Yeah, it, the way I look at it, it's just like Oktoberfest. How can you go to Munich and just go to the beer tent area? You have to go and explore Munich as well. And that's the same with Koh Phangan. You know, you come over for five days, enjoy the full moon party, but the days around it are just as like amazing. So what I did this time was I came basically seven days before the full moon and I'm staying for three days after. And for me, it's perfect because I got to see so much more of the island this, this time that I never had before. Uh, just even, you know, going up towards the main city, main town area uh, where Coast Base is, never been up there. And then there's all these cool activities that I've always wanted to do. Like the other day we went to, I mean, did something called the Pengang Challenge. Uh, you want to tell everyone about that? <laughs> it was funny seeing you flying in the air on that. It was like a, what was it, like an airbag? And then people jumped from like uh, 20 meters onto this airbag and then Johnny just went flying into the air like Superman. Oh, it's insane, man. <laughs> I, I'll definitely post some pictures up of that. But it's it's like, it's that, but it's also a obstacle course. So have you guys ever seen uh, Ninja Warrior or American Ninja Warrior? It's like that, but on an, on water. And you gotta like you you first zip line in, you jump off of it, you have to swim to the first obstacle, uh, maneuver across it, s jump jump back in the water, swim to the next one, climb this this like crazy wall, run across these spinny things that want to throw you off, like uh, run across these like floaty mats that don't support your weight. So you ha it's almost like running across like lily pads, uh, and then. 
the, the, the hardest obstacle was these three balls that you have to like, I think would be hard enough anyways, if you weren't slippery and wet, but they say that like less than like 1% of people actually make it across that. So it was, it was pretty, pretty intense. It's a great team bonding experience. You know, if you're a group of friends, you know, trying to get everyone through the, the assault course, like on the water, it's just, it's something great to do on the island. There's many things like that to do and explore. Yeah, actually, you know, I still, like, even though I've seen a lot more of the island now, uh, we hiked up to a viewpoint where they do the Vipassana meditation. So if you ever want to come here and do, like, a 10-day silent meditation, such a beautiful temple. And it was actually a nice experience because we all went up as a group. So all the interns, uh, a couple other people working out of Coast Space, and we parked the car, and we didn't talk to each other for an hour. You know, we just walked through this, this temple up on this hill. We watched the sunset, played with some cats. And it was just kind of like a nice experience where you can, you know, basically enjoy the, the same kind of serenity as being a part of the meditation retreat and just not talking and just being in people's company, uh, but without being there for the whole, the whole seven days or 10 days. Yeah. And that, that whole area where we did the assault course is like, it's a whole other area of the island that you can go and live and explore. And is he like, how far away is that from the full moon? It's like on the other side of the island. You don't even have to see full moon if you don't want to. It's many sides. Yeah, but I think, you know, even though I like that there's all this other stuff, personally, I still like the full movie. I, I still enjoy it. It's like me, it's like going to Vegas, you know? Uh, if Vegas also wasn't a desert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, so imagine this. Imagine if instead of Vegas being a freaking desert and having nothing around it, it was a lush jungle with scuba diving, snorkeling, hiking, all these beautiful things. Like, then I would live there. Yeah, and you, you can do a great mixture of the two. You can do the yeah. partying and the chill. It just has so much. Especially after full moon, you can even talk to your hotel and they'll normally like extend your stay for like a great discount because they just want to keep you here after full moon. They don't want you to go. Yeah, because a lot of people, they head over to Koh Tao afterwards, which is the island right next to Koh Penang. And it also is cool because the kind of the party kind of extends and continues there. Uh, but most people go there to do a scuba diving course. So if you've never been diving before, it's the cheapest place in Thailand, maybe even the world, to learn uh, how to dive. Uh, and decent diving, like like definitely not diving that you'd want to go back to once you've seen cooler places. But you know, great place to begin. Um, you can get a you can get your three day certification for like less than three hundred dollars, and I would highly highly recommend that. But at the same time, you don't have to go the day after. You can chill for a few days, see some of the island, maybe do some hiking or something. Yeah. So, did you ever think that you'd be uh, li living on an island? Well, like six months ago, no way. I was literally just flying into Thailand. I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. this, this opportunity was just perfect. And I, I didn't have any intentions of coming to Koh Yang. And I think the full moon party, it did put me off a little. I was, and then just to come here and see it away from that party as well as having the party. Yeah, I'm just so happy I made the jump. Definitely. Yeah. Nice. So traveldave.co.uk yeah tell, tell me about your blog so yeah that was uh, i set that up nine years ago almost 10 this december and that was just a way of keeping up to date with my mum because my mum was like what are you getting up to when you were going traveling around finland because i i ran away from home so i had to keep her up to date and i didn't want to do expensive phone calls so i started travel blogging that's when blogging was just starting to come about it, it wasn't really a business i never saw it as a business it was just purely for passion the love i had for travel and just sharing my stories and then when i did an ultra Entrepreneurship in Finland at university, my lecturer said, Hey, you know, you've got something here, you should turn this into a business. I was like, You can't make money from travel blogging. He opened my world to something else, and I was like, Wow, you can make money. And then after that, you know, just building it for four years, and uh, now it just supports myself and my travels, which is amazing. That's actually cool that you learned that in school. I don't think any of my professors knew anything about online business or building especially something like blogging yeah I, i'm so happy i i did an erasmus exchange it's an eu scheme uh, where i went and studied in finland for a year because the teaching in finland is so different uh, to how we used to it in in england and us where the lecture kind of spoon feeds you the information in finland we're all like the un like sitting around a table and mm -hmm. discussing and debating uh, with like different nationalities so it was a whole different learning environment i'm so happy i, I studied in finland changed everything i like it can you say anything in finnish uh uh, my name is Dave. Yeah. Uh, nice to meet you. I think I Ciao got Dave. it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> kiddos. Kiddos. Uh, hula uva. Ah, moi. So from now on, Chop Like a Boss podcast brought to you in Finnish. So on, man. So All right. So um, how do you actually make money from, from your blog? Um, I'm, 
I've sort of put my eggs in lots of different baskets. I've been trying loads of things and affiliate marketing is one way, but that just takes a lot of time to build up with SEO. But that's just slowly now gradually working. It does work, but you need to put a lot of time into it and grow your authority with Google. So that's one way I make uh, some some revenue. And then eBooks, um, I make eBooks. I have a book called Travel Hacking, uh, Digital Nomad on the Kindle. So that's a nice little extra income. And yeah, one way is just to, to work with brands, to work with companies in the tourism industry they all want this kind of word of mouth to be spread on the internet and it's just selling yourself to the masses of the travel audience that wants wants to hear about it okay i like it uh so when you say affiliate marketing what are you actually promoting um so it's mostly products that i personally use myself uh, that's one really effective way of doing well with affiliates because the, the passion just seeps through and that's what i do and i just want to give my readers you know products i actually believe in and use uh, so mostly like applications as uh, one of them's tunnel bear vpn application I, I, I use that every day so it's easy for me to talk about stuff that i use every day and you know ebooks uh, equipment uh, travel holidays and so yeah loads of little areas with the travel market okay i like it uh yeah i mean i highly recommend anyone with a blog to instead of just doing like let's say random ads or google adsense to just find things that you're talking about anyways see if they have a affiliate offer and promote it yeah you, you just it's just so easy and it's good to have that relationship with your audience because they will just they'll look into everything that you promote because they understand there's that real real world use with that product yeah and i mean and that is the base the basics of earnest affiliate so even if you never sign up for the course you can just take those concepts and that's the basic basics of it uh, i think the main reason why people pay the money to sign up for the course is because they want like a step-by-step formula on how to actually start the blog uh, how to find these programs or, or these niches that you want to promote uh, and a big part of it is just getting traffic do, do, what do you think has been the hardest part for for you um, with, with your blog like like what would you need to like what's the biggest hurdles um, it's mostly finding the right subjects that no one's talked about that's becoming next to impossible I think like four years ago it was such a, a wide area but now travel blogging just really blown up which is great great for the travel industry but it's just so hard to find uh, niche subjects to talk about now because uh, there's only so many posts you can write about Copang Yang after a while uh, but as you were saying with affiliates you, you, you're amazed at how many products uh, have affiliates the products you use uh, like Dropbox for example I didn't even know that had an affiliate you just need to google the products you use an affiliate and you'd be quite amazed at how many programs there are out there yeah definitely and there's like so many random things that I didn't think we we're gonna do well. Yeah. That ended up making like hundreds of dollars. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I spent the two minutes to sign up for that program. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that I thought were gonna do well that never sold anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm amazed how many people I talk to don't know about Fiverr, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, real products you use every day, you think everyone uses, but not everyone does. And that's how you can do very well with affiliates. So one tip for uh, Travel Dave that I want to give you is, so inside of my case studies, uh, I have five now, and I would say the most common, the, the kind of the common things, the reason why I have those as my case studies is the requirements are, everything in my case study needs to make at least a couple hundred dollars a month or more. Uh, most of them make a thousand or more, and they all have one common trait, is they are all high ticket items. And I think the biggest problem that people will do with with affiliate uh, links in their blogs and travel blogs is the items you promote are usually pretty cheap. That's correct. And that's the problem with backpacking. You know, talking about backpacking travelers, you are, I, I love to backpack on the cheap. And that's the kind of audience that are coming to your blog and learning about information. So it is very small ticket items. And it's very hard to grow. So as you were telling me the other day about Udemy course, it's really good to go into even smaller niches and sell, you know, bigger ticket products. Yeah. Well, even uh, the whole, like hotel uh, bookings, uh, Sabrina Uvio, who mm. I met in Chiang Mai, yeah. she makes three grand a month from her from Agoda, which is yeah. what I would book through anyways for my hotels. So you know, there's absolutely no reason why you can't do that. Yeah, and it's you know Sabrina's blogs are amazing. You know, she's got this beautiful writing style, and you'd be silly not to book the hotel after reading her blogs. And that's how you have to market yourself. She does a great job. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, good luck with uh, growing your affiliate income. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. What is your main income source now while you're traveling? Um, my main income source. Uh, I'm actually building my own product, physical products, uh, which I'm about to launch on Kickstarter. So I'm excited about that. Oh. 
Okay. So uh, that's that's my main focus at the moment, and now a few Udemy courses after having a chat with you. So yeah, you want to create your own, your own Udemy courses? I'm excited. I think there's only so far you can go with an ebook, but to kind of put an ebook in a video form, I mm -hmm. think it's just a fantastic learning environment. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice to have multiple streams of income. So yeah, excited for that. And you know what? Every couple hundred bucks it adds up. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's insane. Like I think for with uh, Udemy, I normally make like. 200 bucks a month or something so it's nice side income it's never been uh anything to like jump up and down about but i looked at my total earnings lifetime because i've had it for a few years now just hit five thousand dollars wow congratulations man. thank you it's huge yeah so i'm like you know what was you know it was a lot of work to put to put together but was that worth five thousand in lifetime earnings I'm like yeah that was definitely yeah. worth it so uh, yeah, if you guys don't have a Udemy course, uh, make one. I mean, it's like it really is the easiest way to get started if you don't know what else to do, but you have a skill to teach. Yeah, you always have to look at the long-term effects. You know, it's just that extra egg in the basket that's just going to bring that monthly revenue in. So yeah, I like it, and it's also cool that you're getting into kickstarting your own product as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm really nervous because it's such a silly item, but yeah. that's just my character. I'm really goofy and silly, so I just hope it really works. It's just okay. a, a travel product. So. Can, you, can you talk about it yet? Um, it's... Uh, hmm. If you don't want it, it's okay. You, you can, <laughs> people can, can uh, keep in touch on this. And You'll, you'll hear about it very, very soon. Okay. And I hope you laugh at it and you pick one up. <laughs> All right. All right. I like it. So you can keep in touch on your... Uh, what, do you, what social media do you hang out on most? Like Twitter or Facebook or... I'm in love with Instagram, at Travel Dave UK. Um, I'm on Twitter. Hit me up on Travel Dave UK. And I'm on Facebook, slash Travel Dave UK. Okay. So it's Travel Dave UK everything. You got it. Yeah. That's easy. It's good that you have the same name everywhere. <laughs> Easy, easy. I ended up with Johnny FDK. Whoa. Uh, everywhere. And it, the K doesn't stand for anything. It actually stands for Kindle, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Just because uh, Johnny FD was taken on, on almost every social media site. Oh, for whatever funny. reason. Um, so if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's Johnny FDK. And I started posting a lot on there. Uh, I think... I don't know. I think it's because it only takes me like a few seconds to take a photo and just post it up. Yeah. That's why I update it so often. But here's a kind of a secret, guys. Whatever goes on Instagram is like just a, it's like the snapshot of the best part of your day. So don't assume that your life sucks because someone's Instagram looks like an amazing time. Because if you just looked at my Instagram, you would assume all I do is hang out on the beach, play with pet, like dogs, <laughs> and like eat great food. Uh, I'm not showing you like the, you know, the boring food that I eat. All right, we you need, to, need to get you on Snapchat then. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah you, can, you can show all the boring stuff. Yeah. No, well, I mean, well, I don't want to be on it. I only, I only want to show the cool stuff. Okay, cool. Good idea, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I don't show you guys me sitting in the office for six hours, you know? I might show, like, a cool office of the day photo. Yes, yeah, my office, yeah, hashtag. Yeah. Office of the day, hashtag. I, lo I love Instagram for that. It's got a huge growth potential and it's got a really good digital nomad community on instagram as well get the right hashtags yeah because i think it's um you know just an easy way to to travel and you know and just share you know uh, actually one thing that no one ever does for whatever reason is like so let's let's say you do hashtag copenian because we're here you mm -hmm. can see who else is here right now you can message them there you go and you know you can look into people's travels and go around the world you know go on a little tour do some hashtag traveling yeah i think th that's why i like doing live so here's the thing Here's my, my rules with Instagram and social media. I hardly ever upload, take a photo and then upload it at that spot, especially if I'm with other people. So let's say we were having dinner and I have a great meal in front of me. I'm not going to take a photo, uh, hashtag it, you know, describe it and then upload it because that ruins, first off, my food gets cold. And then second, I'm in company of people. I don't want to spend, you know, and it's only a few minutes, but it's like a few minutes that you don't need to be spending right then. So things like that, I always just upload the next day or whenever I have like some downtime, I'm just chilling. I think the only time I do a live photo is like if I'm just, you know, waiting around for something by myself anyways. Yeah, and a few years ago you can do that, but with Buffer, you know, it's just so easy to do to schedule your, your posts in the future. You know, I would schedule my Instagram photos, but I'm too lazy. So <laughs> most of mine probably get sent up, you know, at like 4 a.m. US time. Yeah, need to get you a fiver gig. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's okay. You know, I honestly don't care. Like I figured there's someone in Bangladesh that's happy to see my photos live. <laughs> yeah. So I don't mind with that. Okay, so travel, travel blogging to me is difficult, man. 
it's really tough. You know, I'm really lucky that I've been in it for so long. So I've seen the, the landscape change from traditional press to yeah. travel bloggers. Like that was a huge move, like 2008 during the, the crash. I know it's a lot of travel sections of newspapers started to go into decline. Lonely Planet started to decrease in sales. And then travel blogging's just exploded on Google. You know, you just search any city or, or location or things to do. There's blog posts now. But for a new guy coming along, that's just really tough to get into. And, um, you know, just got to find that right niche, that right niche that no one's covering that you can really show your your passion for. So I can see a lot of travel blogs getting popular or getting a lot of views, but I don't see most of them making money. Yeah, it, it's, it's really tough to generate. And a, a lot of the, the top travel bloggers are doing other other jobs, other fields. And that's another area that, that brings in that monthly revenue. So it's, it's not normally the main focus. There, there are people that, that are fully generating a full income. But there's a few that, you know, it's, it's good. It's smart as well just to kind of learn a new field just in case travel blogging, you know, doesn't come about. And especially videos right now. Videos are really hot and they're really exploding. Uh, so I, I really feel that, like, travel blogging is definitely going towards the video area. Yeah, I can see that definitely. Because mm. especially like if I wanted to look at a new place, exploring a place, I'd rather watch a YouTube video of someone talking about it and showing it. Yeah. Than read someone's write up. If especially if we're not there yet, I think the other reason why travel blogs don't generate income is people look at it as like a. So like let's say like so on my blog, I have a lot of info about Chiang Mai, and most of it doesn't make would never make me any money because it, it's people that are already in Chiang Mai. They're mm. like, oh, I wonder where the best gym is. <laughs> or I wonder how, yeah. what are the directions to this quarry. And I, I write a lot of those posts and it, it's all for that portfolio and it's all about growing uh, your reputation online and it, it shouldn't be about generating money. It just helps towards your image online and you do very well at Chiang Mai. So. But you know, a lot of that was by accident. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know what it is? Um, you know how you say like, you got to find your niche about something that people aren't writing about yet? Yes, yeah. I did that with Chiang Mai. I was one of the first people to really start writing a lot about Chiang Mai. Obviously, I'm not the first digital nomad in Chiang Mai. I'm not the first traveler there. But I, I don't think that many people were were sharing that much info about it. And you, you've been there for many years. Three years now. Three yeah. years. So you, you have so much info to add, you know, so much quality to add. So it was just right timing, perfect blogs, just, you know, it's perfect. And I think a lot of it's just right timing. Because yeah. to be honest, if, if right, like right now, I actually don't even write a post about Chiang Mai anymore. You don't have to. And well, the thing is, I don't even think it would benefit anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's plenty of other people writing, like, okay, so for example, uh, there is a new six-month multiple entry visa that is coming out in November. And I got really excited when I read it. So I was going to write a blog post. I actually have a draft with like one sentence. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> like someone else can write about this. Like, it's, it's not like, it's, I don't have a unique perspective to really add to it. Uh, and I think... You know, like in the beginning, I, there's a lot of people who are going to write about it. I, I bet you in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see that written about everywhere. And the only reason why I was going to write about it is there was kind of some misconceptions where people were like, well, like, what's the point of this? Because you can just get a triple entry visa and it's, and it's good for six months anyways. And uh, this one's more expensive. This one's 5000 baht, which is 150 US. And when I saw it, I was like, I was like, this is awesome because most places don't give triple entry visas, uh, visas anymore. And most you can get a double entry. So right away, this is more valuable. And the biggest benefit of it is you're not on a, uh, on a time schedule where you have to stay for, you know, 60 days or 90 days, leave, and then come back for another 90 days. What if you have a friend who wants to, you know, go to Bali, and, but you, you're only halfway through your visa, you don't want to waste that stamp. And I think this is it's actually very smart on the Thai government side because this is going to encourage people to just freely travel, come in and out as they please. Yeah, the, the, you know, I, I learned that Thai tourism isn't actually the, like the biggest income. It's mostly like production of farming, you know, real growing goods. And uh, this is one area that Thailand wants to benefit from is tourism. This is a great step towards that. You know, it's encouraging more travelers to, to come to Thailand. They don't want to make it difficult. They want to make it easy. They want people to come to Thailand. Yeah. The land of smiles. And the thing is now you can technically, you can come to Thailand, chill here for, let's say, a month, two months, whatever you want. Go to Cambodia for two weeks, come back chill for a little bit, go to Vietnam, come back, go to Bali, come back, you know, versus, you know, only coming through here once or twice. And as far as digital nomads, I think it's fantastic. Like it's, I'm definitely going to use it. Uh, and I think it's worth the extra money. I'm, I'm happy they're introducing it. Yeah. And I think that's encouraging more the, the nomad side of digital nomad. And that's important. You know, go out there, explore new places. Don't just stay in one, you know, it's a big world. 
Enjoy yeah. it. Uh, also, a uh, little known fact as well is that six-month visa is actually good for nine months. And the way that you would do that is you'd have to get the visa kind of like within a few weeks of you actually leaving the country because they might start that date as soon as it's issued, uh, even if you're not in Thailand yet. But what's cool is what you can do is figure out what that end date is. So let's say that end date is December 31st. What you want to do is make your last visa run. So leave the country and come back in Thailand on December 31st or a few days before. And then you get two months after that to stay. So if you did that, you know, if you made that last visa run right at the end of your six months, you can technically stay for eight months. And then you can get a 30-day extension without leaving the country, giving you another month. So you can, on that visa, you can stay for nine months. All right, sounds like you need to write that blog post. <laughs> That's it, a lot of information. It is a lot of info, right? <laughs> or you can just hit rewind, listen to this again. Or maybe make a video. <laughs> or just share this, share this podcast. Guys. There we go. If you need to know, it's all in here. Yeah, but, uh, so you've been to a lot of countries. Yeah, 83 countries. <laughs> That's insane, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's just because I've been doing it for so long. I've been lucky uh, just to visit so many places. And a lot of countries like Sweden, I've been to 20 times. So I've been multiple times to loads of these countries. Well, why have you been to Sweden 20 times? I just love Sweden. I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with Sweden. I love the Swedish culture. I love the, <coughs> the cabin. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, you know, that helps. And I, I, that's the dream. That's my retirement plan. You know, in a few years' time, just get a wooden cabin in the, in the woods and just, you know, live a nice, simple life. I just love Sweden. I like it. Uh, can you speak any Swedish? Svenska Shetbola or Potatis. Swedish oh. meatballs and potatoes, you know, you've got to bra. know that bra, yeah. Very bra. We're going very international today. Yeah. For more do? No, no. No? I don't know what you <laughs> You need to brush up any svenska, buddy. <laughs> Pro right here. I like it. So, Sweden, I, would, I haven't been there yet. I would love to visit one day. Yeah, they're having the next TBEX next year. So, definitely okay. come over. So, what is TBEX? It's the uh, Travel Blogging Exchange. It's like one of the biggest travel blogging conferences. So, if you want to network with other travel bloggers, meet people in the industry, people have been doing it for a long time, and lots of newbies as well. So, it's a great environment. Uh, TBEX is a great event to go to. Okay, cool. Uh, and I heard you guys are having a travel bloggers retreat here. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of those like hackathons, those coding events that people had just like congregate communities around a table and just learn how to do stuff. I love that way of learning. Uh, I, I probably got that from Finland and definitely in Chiang Mai. We have a lot of these, well, like your coffee meetup. I mm -hmm. think it's, you know, it's a great way to meet others. So I thought what a great idea to host a retreat on the island of Koh Phangan and bring travel bloggers to the island, uh, do an all-inclusive resort package. So we don't, everything's all sorted when you arrive, do some key workshops and guest speakers and just learn about travel blogging. I like it. So when's that? That will be the 5th of no, oh, sorry, fifth of October to the 11th of October. Okay. Oh, so coming days. up pretty soon. 10 days, yeah. Man. Well, you know what? If uh, someone wants to buy a last-minute ticket, how, how do they get that? <laughs> I'll hook you up. You can send me an email. Might, we've still got a few spaces. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, how many people can pack up in three days, but you know what? If you guys are interested in travel blogging, you should come to that. We will host another one next year, so hang out for 2016 give it a look out okay that sounds cool Great. so how'd you get that idea to to start that that was just purely from Chiang Mai uh, when I was working in co-working space uh, eight of travel bloggers that were in Chiang Mai thought it'd be a great idea to just rent a little private office and we just all got around the table and we were like today we're going to learn about SEO today we're going to learn about affiliates today we're going to learn about ebooks and I just love that concept we were all sharing what we knew and I, I didn't know some things the other guys were telling me and that was just great and then I kind of missed them and I kind of missed Chiang Mai and I was on the island and then Berry Beach were up for something like this. So we just thought, why not? Let's just let's just make it happen and just put it out there and see what happens. And that that's what you got to do in business. You got to put yourself out there and try crazy new things. I think it's gonna work well. So cheers! I'm excited for that. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited at the same time. So and uh, I mean, people would be, be happy just sitting here watching this view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll be hosting another Digital Nomads Summit, hopefully. Oh, Nomad Summit. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, it's funny that. I, it feels like it was such a long time ago, but it was earlier this year. It was in like April of 2015. So yeah. I'm, I'll have another one probably February 2015. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So uh, haven't made any plans yet officially, but what I mean, I think I think it's a fun event. Uh, last year went fantastic, so we we'll probably do something similar. Well, I'll just kind of invite maybe ten of the people who are really crushing it, have them share, you know, what they've learned. Have it as a way for people to meet each other. So I'll, I'll announce that once we have more details. It was a, it was a great mixture of speakers, and that was the second day I arrived in Thailand. 
and Chiang Mai. And then I went straight to the Nomad Summit and I was like, okay, what a great way to start this this digital nomad. And what was crazy is there was 150 people there that I had no idea lived in Chiang Mai. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure some of them traveled, uh, you know, to there. Actually, I think this is what I, want, I would like to do this year is I would like to announce it a little bit uh, more in advance. Mm. <laughs> and that way for people that want to travel to Chiang Mai or wherever we host it, they have some, uh, some like a heads up to, to get out there. Yeah, we should definitely do a little party after. Maybe put it on the bar. We all go there at the end. It was it was great just meeting so many different people. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the other cool thing about what's going on here in Copenhagen is so Charlie, the uh, owner of CoSpace, has figured out a way. They're like, well, the full moon only happens for a couple days a month, and on those days these resorts are packed. But on every other day, they're they're they have vacancy, like eighty percent vacancy or more sometimes. Uh, and the island is still just as beautiful on the other days. There just isn't as many people here. So why not figure out a, a deal where instead of doing a monthly rental and like a monthly room rate, which might be, you know, thousand uh, dollars to rent a hotel room for a month, including breakfast. Why not do a package where it's only three weeks? So it's so you lose seven days, but you end up paying less than half of that. And I think I'm pretty excited for, for how that's going to turn out because I think what's going to happen is a lot of nomads are going to be like, well, you know what, let's ex- either escape Chiang Mai or let's just check out an island for three weeks, get some work done, work out a co-space, uh, you know, just chill out and pay like a super discount rate for for like, you know, basically being here during their low season. Yeah, it'd be great to gather like-minded individuals, like a community as well for those those periods. So it's very useful as well. So. I think like the first couple of months, like you know, next month, it's probably not it's probably not gonna be that many people, but it's gonna be good that you get to hang out with Travel Dave, all the other interns for the program. So I think it's still worth coming. But I think what's really gonna be exciting is as it gets more popular, you know, people are gonna arrive on the same day. So it's almost gonna be like a, a mini retreat every single month. Yeah, when when it hits smoky season, I'm definitely here. So it's, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Come down to the islands in the south. A hundred percent. And then there's gonna be an option if you want to stay for the full moon, you can pay for that extra week, which is gonna be a lot more expensive. But you know what? If you really want to do the full moon, uh, it's 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 awesome. So you know what? I guess there's two options. You can either keep your room and pay that extra rate, or if you really wanted to, you can actually just check into a hostel for the, that those couple of days. Yeah, or use that time to do your visa run. You know, lots of options. Yeah, definitely. So there's not any official details about that yet, but I guess you guys can just email Charlie, uh, charlie at cospace.com, I believe, uh, and he could he could put together a package for you. I think that's gonna be that that's gonna be something on on the website pretty soon. Hopefully by the time uh, this is up even. But yeah, I'm I'm writing a blog post about it now. Just reach out to Johnny or myself, and we'll happily hook you up. Don't reach out to me. I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you can reach, reach out. out to Travel Dave. Then no worries. Yeah. I'm happy to help. No worries. Yeah, very cool. Um, so where's this blog post gonna be be at? Um, TravelDave.co.uk. So okay, yeah. there you go. So they can find it on there. I like how, you know what, I think a lot of people don't realize this, is I just like promoting stuff that I think is cool, even though I have nothing directly to do with it. Yeah, I almost bought your cool laptop stand thing. You the know. Roost. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I've never seen that. And, and your microphone as well. Just <laughs> yeah, well, the microphone I actually have an affiliate link for, so Good. if you want to buy uh, this ATR2100 Audio-Technica mic, you go to travellikeabosspodcast.com, look at the resources page, and I'll get two bucks every time you buy one. I think I spent about four days trying to research a microphone, and it was this microphone from the Udemy Yeah, groups. I mean, this really yeah. is the best. It so is. so this one's the best uh, for travel, or if it's just you, uh, or maybe if you're sharing it. But if you have more than two people, uh, or if you have a home office that you're not moving around too much, I really like the Blue Yeti. So I have both mics, but I'm traveling with this because it's like a tenth of the weight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's really well built and you're very affordable as well. Yeah, so you can buy it from Amazon through my link. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> I but, will buy one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the roost, I have nothing to do with it, but I just like it. I, I just, you know, it saved my, my neck from uh, looking down on a screen. you got to look after your health. Yeah, yeah. It's very important. So the reason why Dave couldn't buy it is it doesn't work with 11-inch MacBooks. I'm too crazy about light, small items. I, I'd love to go to a 13-inch Mac, but I just... I, you can, I think you can do it, man. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's been that rare. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with my hand luggage. Yeah, it's, it's good. It works. So, so tell me about what you travel with. Um, I've got a, uh, a Surge, a North Face Surge, uh, which is a 40, 50 litre capacity. 
And then the more years I've traveled, the less, sorry, the more clothes I've started to pack. That's one thing I've started to kind of allow myself the luxury. I used to pack all those lightweight, uh, you know, those merino wool mm -hmm. t-shirts you could wear for like four or five days. Icebreaker or something? Yeah. Iceberg, I, I heard about your sh the shirt you were talking about the other day. That, that's that's cool. I like the idea of that yeah. shirt. But I just like, I'm just going to enjoy 10 t-shirts, 10 pair of underwear. I'm not going to, you know, limit myself anymore. You know, another recommendation, uh, throw, throw out eight of those pairs of underwear yeah. and get yourself some ex-officio. Ex-officios. Yes. That's one of those little investments i should probably look into as oh well. what best investment i ever made like i don't like spending 20 dollars on on boxers but they are 100 percent worth it yeah yeah because technology is getting smaller and smaller and then i can allow myself some more room for clothes so that's one thing i've made an adjustment with but i just i just like traveling with hand luggage because the amount of travel bloggers i'm seeing posting about their their luggage going missing and that's you know that's two days of work lost looking for your luggage that's not nice so for me personally i'm i'm good and happy with just traveling with hand luggage okay i think if i was actually traveling around from country to country often mm. I would highly consider just having carry on. Yeah. But I have a home base. Yeah. You know, like when I go on a trip, I just go for like a few weeks. And honestly, what so what I do is I actually because I know that your luggage can get lost in my backpack, I have everything I need pretty much indefinitely. Mm -hmm. uh, I carry an extra pair of shorts, an extra t-shirt, uh, just in case um, my bag gets lost, and that way, you know, I'm set for that day. I've seen your packing video, yeah, and I, I agree with the the um, the down jacket which you take mm -hmm. traveling as well. I have a down jacket, and that's the only jumper jacket I use. And down is a great example of packing light, but you know, giving yourself that warmth. Yeah, because I get freezing in different oh, airports. Oh, the air conditioning in Kuala Lumpur Airport. <laughs> yeah, <it was laughs> you ridiculous. need it. You need it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I I enjoy packing light, but you know, you allow yourself that luxury because you have a home base. And I saw your AeroPress. I love the AeroPress. I still have mine back. home home in storage I, I do miss a good aeropress yeah i like it uh so if you want to watch this video i think it's on my youtube channel somewhere uh just search youtube johnny fd i'm sure it'll, it'll pop up somewhere uh, but yeah I, I actually i really enjoy these little packing videos i think they're, mm. they're fun to make i'm obsessed with them and i know people feel like it's a guilty pleasure but i i watch packing videos yeah. <laughs> i hold my hands up and i admit i i'm obsessed with watching packing videos the first one i ever saw was tim ferris's i have to give him a shout out uh and then i started making one every year Every time I, I do a big trip or I kind of like re, re, I guess repurpose my bag. Uh, and at the beginning it was, it was hard because I had a full set of scuba gear and Whoa. I had a full set of Muay Thai gear. Whoa. So now that I don't have any of that, it's, it's a lot easier. Uh, what I've been doing with clothes is now I only wear brightly colored V-neck t-shirts. I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I just buy them and I just throw them away after a while. So if I travel, I'd throw them all away. Yeah, I, I tend to stick to the same colors. It's so boring, but I just have like one gray color t-shirt that I'm wearing now. But I, I thought you were like... just wearing the same shirt every day. <laughs> there we go, there we go. It just keeps things simple in the morning. You just pop it on, ready to rock and roll. Just uh, makes the morning more productive. Your black turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the reason why I do brightly colored shirts is I just have a different one. I just have every different color. And because none of them actually match anything, they all match. <laughs> Fantastic. So I could just grab whatever's on top of the pile. Nice. I'm happy that works out. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. Um, what else do I travel with now that I didn't before? I would say the one thing that I wasn't going to bring this time, because I wasn't planning on working that much on this trip, I wasn't going to bring my roost and my, lap, my keyboard and the trackpad. So what I did was I did a little test. I went to a coffee shop. And I worked for like half an hour, just checked some email without the stand. And man, my neck was hurting. Yeah. Like I actually forgot how much your neck hurts when you're looking down on a laptop. So I decided, I was like, you know, I have to bring it. This is the, the, the point you should get across with packing definitely is, you know, don't change things because someone's recommending it. Do what works for you. Everyone has a different way of traveling. Don't be afraid to pack that laptop stand. If it works for you, pack it. You know, who are we to judge? That's why I haven't got any makeup in my bag. But, yeah. you know, I don't have any makeup in my packing list. But, you know, if makeup means that much to you, pack it. Who's, you know. Yeah, and at the same time, like, for me, because I don't actually, I don't travel, I travel a lot, but I, like, go somewhere and I just settle down for at least a week if not two weeks mm. then i don't really care like i don't care if my backpacks are heavy and so on this trip i normally only bring like let's say four t-shirts because i'm like oh, okay i convert you know three wash them and then have that one but this time i was like you know what? i'm just gonna bring seven shirts 
Mm. And I didn't think I was going to go through them all. Uh, this morning, I had to drop off my laundry. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So I'm so glad I had them all. When, when I was going to 30 countries in 30 days this summer with uh, Interrail, I got an Interrail pass. You know, just having that small baggage just allowed me to just go, you know, like up and go. And having a small bag, but knowing every item. So having very limited items, I just knew everything was in place. Because you have that panic, you know, when you're traveling. Have I got everything? Have I got the passport or whatever? But just having that packing system, that sort of like a morning ritual, just like that packing ritual i feel like a secret agent okay. <laughs> when i check out of a hotel because i pack in like three minutes and everyone's like well that was really quick but you just get into this little rhythm so it, it, it's not for everyone but it's, it's possible it's totally possible i think everyone should travel ultralight once yeah just to prove to yourself what is actually necessary in life and a lot of stuff isn't yeah, my, my first guidebook I read about eight years ago was telling me to pack this, that, the kitchen sink. And throughout the, the first trip I did, I was chucking things in the bin and I felt horrible having to do that. But there were items I hadn't used for four months, you know, and then that's just taking up a huge space. Especially those those big, lonely planet, bulky guidebooks yeah, we used to have to travel with. Oh, a kin Amazon Kindle, like put a link in your, your, your show notes, you know, an Amazon Kindle is like the one thing I can't travel without. That holds like a thousand books. It lasts for two months back battery life long journeys it, it's just a got it's, it's a lifesaver on big trips. i have a kindle uh here in my room uh which one do you use i, I just have the very basic no backlight i use the exact same one 79 dollars with ads because I, <laughs> I sometimes meet someone and i'll give it to them i'll just say you know have it if this is going to change your life like here's all the book just have it and it's a, it's an affordable thing you can gift people you actually change. give people your kindle i yeah 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 <laughs> I'm giving them the one I have to Charlie. So Wow, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. cool. Because I think learning is such a powerful tool. And you just need to use the Kindle. And then you're instantly hooked. I never read books. I think I'd read four books before I got an Amazon Kindle. And I've read like over 200 business books. I, I can't read any like Twilight kind of novels. Okay. But like business books. And they're very affordable. Like the price of a coffee. You know, when you uh, just mentioned how you, you gift Kindles, it almost reminds me of that movie uh, Sex Tape. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully there's no uh, weird Fifty Shades of Grey on there. Uh, I think I got your book on there, so. Ho <laughs> okay, yeah. well, it does have a little bit of sex in that, so. Okay, great. <laughs> You're all right with that. All right, so uh, what are what in your pack right now is is it something that you you would you like you love the most? You know, you get the most use out of, or you would recommend the most. The, the one thing that I was so happy that I got into at an early age was definitely my photographer equipment, mm -hmm. which funny enough is my iPhone 6 Plus. And I can't travel anywhere without that. And all my photos on my blog, all my videos on YouTube, are done with an iPhone and it's just simple like especially the new one that's come out now it's even got better I, I did travel with a DSLR but that thing is bulky you're instantly seen as a target by you know if you're a tourist with a big DSLR camera I, I just didn't feel comfortable mm -hmm. but with the power that you have in your pocket to take these great quality sunset photos and it just fits in your pocket it just blows my mind so anyone who says like I can't get rid of a DSLR like Trust me, I've been doing this for like so long with a with just a smartphone. It's totally possible. I like it. Uh, I have the six, and I actually just ordered the six S plus. And the reason why, which is getting delivered, it, it'll be at my friend Laura's house uh, when this episode comes out, and hopefully I'll have it in my hand uh, by the Dropship Lifestyle Retreat in Krabby a few weeks from now, so I'm excited for that. So the reason why I ordered the 6S Plus this time, uh, and not the actual, not the regular one, is they have a, a sensor in there that stabilizes videos. And I've been doing all my videos now on my phone. I used to do it on a handheld uh, Canon camera. I had like um, the PowerShot, uh, I don't remember, S90. Great, you know, great for video. And the reason why I like that better was because you can hold it more stable. Now with the iPhone, it's because it's so light and the way it's shaped, it's hard to hold stable. So now with that technology, it's going to make my videos so much better. Yeah, and it, I, I actually just pre-ordered mine as well because my dad's phone broke yesterday okay <laughs> i think i was selling you so i'm gonna give him my old one and upgrade because while you're over here you can get them for great rates compared to europe you can get apple products so it's a 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. you you pre-ordered it from Rare and they're gonna send it send it Rare. So you can, I'm gonna pick it up in Malaysia, okay. which is uh, dramatically lower than in the UK. I think they just charge us the most in the UK, mm-hmm. and then there's a GST tax you can claim back at the airport. Oh, that's nice. So it's a nice little little brainer, and you and that's actually the saving I've used towards my flight back home to Europe. So you know those that want to travel, there's loads of tips out there. I like it. Or you can be an American and we get the cheapest price price anyway. There you go. You lucky <laughs> lucky Americans. But if, yeah, you know, if you're from the UK, oh, they charge us a bomb, absolute fortune. That's insane. Okay, so how much? So which one did you order? Um, I just bought, yeah, I bought the basic sixteen gigabytes. I know you had a go at me the other day. For I'm just, yeah. You can't, you can't live with sixteen gigs. I know, I, especially I now with four K video. I can't. I'm always like linking my phone up to my laptop. Okay. Yeah. So you transfer the stuff. I don't like. I I like to keep everything on my phone. I take the photos off of there that I want to use and I just leave everything else on because I just can't be bothered to erase them. Yeah, I'm, I'm just too worried if my stuff gets lost. I know it's all backed mm. up. I have like four backup procedures for that's my what, photos. I like it though. <laughs> just that's a why, system. That's why I upload everything like that day. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like super crazy about that because if I lose like a uh, like a week worth of footage, it's such a, ah, oh, I dropped my GoPro in the Mekon River in yeah. Laos and my heart dropped. I had a whole documentary worth of videos on that oh, GoPro man. and I had like Laos our locals jumping in trying to find it for me but it's like no luck it's but gone. Yeah. I know it's going to turn up in four years time on Facebook in some backpacker group so we'll hopefully we'll see but yeah heartbroken uh, sorry sorry that happened to you <laughs> yeah it's okay it was just the cheap model the 89 bucks one but would still you, would you get oh. a, would you get another GoPro um, I did enjoy using it for those waterproof features uh-huh. um, I know you can get I think it's life proof um, okay. the case called life proof which makes your iPhone plus waterproof I know a few travel bloggers like expert vagabond use that um, so I'm going to look into that casing before maybe going do you know why I want to get that because now the new GoPro Hero the basic one the $100 one mm. was it two, I don't know how much is it it's 200 like, 200 yeah, yeah 200 that one is you know i mean the the life proof cases be so expensive yeah i'd rather just use that money towards a, a gopro the basic one yeah because it's ready waterproof you don't have to deal with it yeah the, the cheap one does a great job at what you need that waterproofing shock resistance you know yeah. if you're doing a lot of action sports that's great you know we, i was doing a bit of kayaking lin lao and uh, vang viang the the tubing area and that, that was great oh if you ever go Vang Vien you gotta go on a on a canoe trip it's beautiful scenery beautiful so out of all these countries you've been to I know you say you, you like to do it in the best yeah. what are some of the random ones that should be on people's radar that isn't my like I did say Sweden for living yeah but my number one country that I just fall in love with time and time again is Iceland the place absolutely beautiful it's alive it's got volcanoes glaciers geysers waterfalls on every corner and if you're flying into Europe, you can fly with Icelandic Air from Boston as a little stopover. You know, you got to go and visit Iceland. It's absolutely beautiful, jaw-droppingly beautiful, and the girls as well. <laughs> and beautiful. the geezers. And the geezers, yeah, diamond <laughs> geezers, great fun. And the locals in Iceland are just hilarious. They're just they're just full of dark humor because they're so used to like dark winters. But they just I love their humor. I get on with them really well. They're a great great bunch of people, Icelandics. Okay, I like it. So if they want people to want to get in touch with you and want to go your blog, where can they go? Yeah, uh, come visit me, Travel Dave for UK, or you can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Travel Dave UK. Okay, I like I like that. So excited to to be here with you on Copenhagen. Excited for the full moon party. Excited for your travel bloggers retreat, man! Like so much, so many cool things going on. Like yeah, thanks for coming down and you know seeing the island life because it's nice how you can you can do both with a, a Thai visa. You can go to Chiang Mai and you can enjoy the island life as well. So it's great to have you. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna go hang out by the pool, uh, get some sun. Uh, everyone, uh, thank you so much for leaving all those great. Five star reviews on iTunes. It's really helped boost the rankings of the show. And thanks for telling your friends about the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, just go to johnnyfd.com and I'll see all of you next week. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.